and uh, now we have Atras Connecting Bharat. There are three papers. Uh, there is one Shankara's Digvijaya Yatra in Shankara Vijayam. Um, this is a textual study. Ramayana Parikrama uh, and Jain Yatra. Subramanian Chidambaranji is going to present a paper on uh, Shankara's Digvijaya Yatra in Shankara Digvijayam. Namaskaram to all. So this topic of Shankara Digvijayam, I think it's a big mouth speaking about a great personality. Um, very difficult to comprise this in 15 minutes. I'll do my best to whatever I can. So the historical and religious scenario of Bharat as revealed through the Shankara Digvijayam. So let's start from the sources. The moment you have a personality like Shankara, you know you have a lot of folk tales, you have a lot of textual sources, you have a lot of legends, many things are there. So for this, all biographies of Acharya are known as Shankara Vijaya. And there are many of them. You have the Brihat Shankara Vijaya, which uh, is referred to by Madhaviya, uh, is referred to in the Madhaviya Shankara Vijaya, Prachina Shankara Vijaya and so on, many of them. Some of them are extant, some of them are non-existent today. But for this purpose, I have primarily referred to the Madhaviya Shankara Vijayam, which is the most popular one of Swami Vidyaranya, and the Atma Tirtham, which is more of a, a comprehensive work based on the Shankara Vijayams by Nochur Venkatraman. So this is where uh, the source comes. A few points before we embark on this journey. As with most personalities in Bharat, let's not go by the dates, whether uh, Shankara lived in the 8th century BC, uh, 8th century AD or the 5th century BC. This is not something that we can resolve in this forum. So this is something that I'm keeping out of the discussion for today. The sequence of events is also not very consistent across the different sources. From which place even to which place? This is not quite clear from these sources or we cannot arrive at a consistent uh, result. So for the purposes of the discussion here, the most logical sequence has been presented from where to where he could have gone based on the events that has been presented in the Shankara Vijayam. And except for the Madhaviya Shankara Vijayam and the Atma Tirtam, the others focus less on the tours of Acharya and more on the philosophy of the Acharya. So that is why also we have taken these sources primarily. So we start with the birth and growing years of Acharya. So this is how the Shankara Vijayam starts. Tato Mahesha Kilakera Leshu, Srimad Vishadrao Karuna Samudraha, Purnanadi Punyatate Swayambhu, Lingatmana, Anangataka, Virasit, Kaschit Adabhya Shagato Agraharaha, Kalati Abhikya Asti Mahan Manopnyaha. So in the Kerala Desha, Vrishadri is a linga that manifested in the Vrishadri, in the hill of Vrishabhachala, across along the river of Purna which is today known as Periyar and some places away, some distance away from this was the village of Kalati where the birth of Shankara takes place. Now from these you also come to know of lot of the evolution of these words. So you see Vrishabhadri here, Vrishabha and Adri, the bull and the hill. In Tamil because Kerala belongs to the, the Malanad which is a part of the earlier Tamilagam. Vidavam and Kundra, Vidavam means the bull, the Nandi and Kundra means the hill. Vidavam Kundranathan became Vadakunnathan. So today if you go to Trishur, the temple is known as Vadakunnathan. So this is how the term starts from Vishadri and comes down to Vadakunnathan. 
So these are the images of the temple and also today you have a sanctum sanctorum for Adi Shankaracharya there. And of course it states that Adi Shankaracharya attained Samadhi here, but this also we need to take as to how it goes, you know, with respect to liter uh, the literary context. Overview of the Acharya's travel. So this is how I would be going through the Acharya's travels, leaving Kalati because that's when the travel began at the age of eight. The vision of Vyasa Acharya, age of 16, the start of the Digvijaya at the age of 24 and the, the disappearance into the Himalayas at the age of 32. So this is how the Acharya's span is. Starting from Kalati, he travels all the way to Omkareshwar to meet his Guru, Govinda Bhagavatpada, for receiving sannyasa. There is an account that mentions that he passed through Shringagiri, Rishya Shringagiri, which came to be later known as Shringiri, wherein he saw the the incident of the frog and the snake, and the snake protecting the frog, and this is where he felt, as per the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, Ahimsa Pratishtayam Tatsanido Vairatyagaha. So he feels this is the place where Ahimsa is at its peak, where even the natural enemies become friends, and that's where he decides to establish a mutt later on, which uh, materializes as Shringeri mutt. Reaching Omkareshwar, even today you have the cave, which mentions the cave of Govinda Bhagavatpada. And inside you also have a shila that speaks, uh, that shows Adi Shankaracharya and also his controlling of the fury of the Reva or the Narmada river during his stay at Omkareshwar. After that, this is a very important tradition. So when you have to establish a philosophy, so this was the Advaita Vedanta. So the Guru has told whatever he has to teach, he has taught to Shankara. Now he, Shankara has to go ahead and establish the Digvijaya, the, the philosophy of Advaita everywhere. How do you do that? Today, you probably have a Facebook or a Twitter where you start putting out posts and so many people start seeing it. But in olden days, how do you do it? You go to a place which is recognized as the hub of all scholars and all educationists and all key people and you spread your philosophy there first. Then it automatically starts spreading in different areas and that's where we are in that hub today, which is Varanasi. And that's where uh, Adi Shankara first travels from Omkareshwar. He travels on to Varanasi. And after in coming to Varanasi, he speaks about the philosophy of Dvaita Vedanta to all the scholars here. He gets many appreciators, he has many arguments and debates with different people to whom he explains what the Dvaita philosophy belongs to. After staying for a significant period of time in uh, Varanasi, he goes on to now establish this philosophy in the form of literature, which is where he starts traveling towards the north because Creativity comes in isolation and solitude and already Kashi is a bustling city. So this is not clearly an area where he can have his creative energies flowing. So he tries to travel north towards the Himalayas and that's where he travels towards Haridwar and Rishikesh. And this is a very interesting uh, feature you find in Rishikesh. The Shankar Vijay also mentions about the Rishikesh and Arayana that he reinstated, he reestablished. It was missing because of the invasions of the... Uh, the Muslims and other uh, um, people, the invaders, and he reinstated this and this is the Bharat Mandir, which is there currently today. And even today, in the on a Panchami day, they actually do this event of actually taking the Shaligra of the idol, the Shaligram idol of Bharat. They go, they dip it into the Ganga, uh, uh, reinstating the event that the idol was put into the Ganges and then they take it back and they reinstall it saying that Shankara brought it back. So the entire event is reenacted 
in this form in Rishikesh. Then he travels north, he travels through the various Kshetras, he travels through Srinagara, there is a mention about uh, it as Sri Kshetra and it is mentioned as a place which has got a Shakta influence, heavy Shakta influence. You have all the Dashamahavidyas, you have uh, temples of Rajarajeshwari, Gauri and other cults that are being followed, uh, the Panthas that are being followed in that area. Then he goes towards the north and actually in Vishnu Prayag is where he later on establishes near Vishnu Prayag the Joshi Mat. The, the Uttaram Naya uh, Shankaramat gets established there and then later on this is happening in the later times and then he goes towards Badri. Even Badri has a similar um, story where the Badri Narayana was not there and it was a Shaligrama in place of Badri Narayana and again it says that Shankar uh, Shacharya dived into the Narada Kunda and got back the idol of Badri Narayana and reinstated the worship. This could be a lot construed because the worship of Badri Narayana is done by the Nambudris of Kerala and this clearly has to be an influence from the south and it had to be Adi Shankaracharya who went there and he instated the worship of uh, the Badri Narayana through the Nambudris from Kerala. So even till today this tradition is being followed and the selection of the Nambudris happens by the joint concept of the, the Travancore king and the Garwal kings of, of the north. So they both together decide on the Nambudris who need to be worshipping there. Then of course he goes to the Vyasa Guha and that is where he composes the Bhashya for the Prasthanatraya. For the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads and the Brahma Sutras, he composes the Bhashya, the commentary. And that's why it becomes a literature record. After that he travels down south. Now he has to meet his opponents. That's where he comes to the Mimamsa and he comes to Kumarila Bhatta in Prayagraj. He's already self-emulating himself and he says you go to Mandana Mishra who is more an adept in Mimamsa and that's where he comes to Maheshwar or the modern day Maheshmati. And this is where he has a debate with Mandana Mishra and who becomes later on Sureshwaracharya, one of his prime disciples. There's also an interesting uh, fact that says that Mandana Mishra belonged to the Kashmir region. He was a Brahmin settled in Kashmir and probably this also brings a bit of a connection when he becomes Sureshwaracharya, he establishes the Sharada Pitha in Sringeri later on. Then from there he travels to the Chalukya Desha as many have pointed out he travelled to Pandarpur which is evident in his works and then to Sri Shailam. In Sri Shailam there is a strong influence of the Shakta and the Shaiva sects especially the Kapalikas, the Pashupatas and many of these are visible also in the Kalabhairava worships even the sculptures you see even till today and also many of these sculptures of Lakulisha and other uh, Pashupata Acharyas which you find in and around that region of Karnataka. He then travels down south to Kaladi because his mother is ailing and he travels all the way down south traveling through Mukambika. And then finally he starts his Digvijaya Yatra which he travels through Guruvayur. He goes towards Tiruchandur which is the famous Subramanya Bhujangam. Then he travels towards Madurai where he again composes many verses on the goddess there. The Srirangam where he has to tackle many Vaishnavas. The Karmahina Vaishnavas, the Vaikhanasas, the Pancharatras, many such sects were prevalent at that point of time which he has to tackle. He goes towards Jambukeshwaram. He goes towards Tiruvidai Marudur, the Mahalinga Swami where the Advaita Siddhanta is established there. And then towards Kanchipuram which is another hub. 
And finally, he again then travels towards Jagannathapuri, where again another story says that he was responsible for bringing out the images of Jagannatha, Balabhadra, and Subhadra, which were again lying hidden because of invasions. And he brought them out and again reinstated them. Also, Jagannatha Swami, Nayanapadagami Bhavatume in the Jagannatha Ashtakam, please show me where you are. And then he established the, the Govardhana Pita there. The interesting part is he travels a lot towards Saurashtra, Gurjara Desha, Sindhu Sauvira Desha, modern day Pakistan. He goes to the Balkh region, the Afghanistan, and then from there onwards he also travels towards the Sharada Pita, which is in Kashmir, Darada Desha, Jwala Mukhi, Haridwar. He travels back to Ayodhya, Mithila, and then he goes towards the Vanga Desha, the Kamarupa, Pragjotisha, all these places, and finally the Nepal, Pashupatinath. And then finally he merges in Kedarnath. So this is a very quick run of where all Shankara traveled in his 32 years or his 24 years, I am telling in 10 to 12 minutes. But what are the key messages that we infer from the Shankara Vijaya? The travels have been primarily across rivers. That's what we infer from the Shankara Vijaya. There was one river after another where they went. So this became very easy also for the travelers to take route and keep directions of where they need to travel next and also it provided for their food and other sustainability. Lodging was mostly naturally formed caves, so there was no specific accommodation and other things that people searched for. They stayed in caves and that's how the Yatra happened. There were large number of faiths in this country. You will be amazed by the number of faiths, different kinds of faiths. Some people who believed that time is God, some people who believed that even among the Vishnu, what are the different aspects of Vishnu that reign supreme, etc. And also, logic and reasoning was the primary tool to converse and convince a person. It was not necessary for money or power. Logic and uh, reasoning, strong reasoning alone was enough to spread one's faith. And that's why they treated even hubs of knowledge as one of the sources for this. That's all. Thank you.